Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join on the phone, online, or via text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at wdws.com. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. A good Tuesday morning, everybody. Great to have you with us here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Brian Barnhart in our studio now in downtown Champaign. Great to have you with us. We've been here, what, since mid-October, I think, since we moved from uh, South Neal to downtown. It's been a great uh, move for us. I always enjoy the uh, new studios here as we sit at the controls today on Penny for Your Thoughts. Ed Bond, our producer-engineer, of course. We have a busy hour for you coming up. We have one hour today. And it's going to go by quickly. Coming up in the second hour, we'll be on the money with the uh, Rudy folks. So they'll be taking the chair in hour number two. So we have an hour of open line today. Whatever's on your mind, if there's a local topic, national topic, I'll throw out some ideas, some things you might uh, be interested in talking about. If there's something else you want to bring up, a concern, uh, something you're interested in. Of course, a lot of people like to uh, follow the national headlines, as I do both nationally and locally. And, of course, the national headlines have a lot to do with Washington, D.C. and this whole Fire and Fury book that uh, Michael Wolf has come out with. Uh, that has been the hot topic for the last several days. I'm just curious if anybody out there has already bought the book or they've looked at it online or they've read it, what they think of it. Uh, the New York Times has weighed in with a review of that book. And the New York Times is not necessarily, of course, a, uh, well, they're not, flat out, a conservative uh, newspaper. I mean, there's no doubt about that as far as the editorial folks. But uh, even they kind of weigh in and say, well, there's a lot of interesting things there, but we don't necessarily know if it's totally accurate. And I'll give you some examples of what they said in their review of the book Fire and Fury, the uh, Trump White House. But if you've happened to read it already and you want to throw some ideas on the table about what you think about that book, feel free to do so if you've already purchased it or looked at it. We'll talk about that today. Also, meetings in Washington, D.C. You may have heard uh, Senator Dick Durbin earlier today on our morning show, a meeting about DACA and the Dreamers and the wall. There's big discussion going on between the two parties with the president about what to do there. Also, uh, Salvadorans, several Salvadorans who have been here as a result of an earthquake years ago, uh, now may have to go back, and we'll get into that story a little bit if we get some time today. Also here locally, a big gift for the Crisis Nursery from uh, Jimmy John Leotode and his uh, wife and, and their foundation. We'll uh, give you some numbers on that. Also, it has been cold, as we all know. It's a little warmer today, uh, 32 degrees, going to be in the 50s, I think, later this week. But uh, we had a stretch, I think, of two straight weeks of sub-freezing temperatures which has caused a lot of issues with uh, frozen pipes and all of that. But Tom Kasich tells us in the News Gazette today that uh, the late 70s, we had a lot longer stretch of sub-freezing temperatures. We'll uh, give you some numbers on that as well. Alabama wins the college football title. Uh, not a surprise that they won, but maybe a little surprise about how they did it. I heard Dave Lone talk about that. He and I were talking in the newsroom this morning about how 
Alabama brings in a backup quarterback to replace Jalen Hurts, and he leads them to the win, rallying from behind over Georgia, throwing a touchdown pass in overtime. Of course, Dana Howard, we had him on the radio yesterday in our visit on the Monday morning quarterbacks with Lauren Tate, going to be uh, inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. We had Josh Whitman on last night on the coaches' show down at Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. So uh, Josh, with some comments on facilities, talked about some of the various uh, updates on what is ahead potentially for facilities at the University of Illinois. And uh, Derek Harper, remember him? Played at Illinois, had a great career here and uh, improved his shooting over time here at Illinois and uh, eventually played for the Dallas Mavericks. He had his number retired down in Dallas by the Mavericks. Some of the uh, sports news, we've got some other stories today in history so a lot to get to and a new sponsor to welcome to the show as well during the course of the day today. So we'll do all that. Take your phone calls. Again, the numbers three five six nine three nine seven on an open line here this first hour. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Those are the ways you reach us. What's on your mind today? We'll get it going next on an open line here on Penny at 909 on a Tuesday on DWS. Welcome back to Penny for Your Thoughts on a Tuesday. 356-9397 is how you can reach us on the phone lines today. The Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com. On the money comes your way at 10 today, so we have just an hour to talk on an open line. Tom Bruno joins us in the 9 o'clock hour tomorrow, followed by an open line. The Sounds of Music Studio performing Into the Woods at 51 Main in downtown Champaign this weekend. We'll get a quick preview of that on Thursday during the first half hour of the 10 o'clock hour. And then on Friday, Michael Leroy over at the University of Illinois. Knows a lot about immigration issues. Of course, immigration in the news today. We'll talk about DACA and other immigration issues on Friday with Michael Leroy. And, of course, uh, back on Monday, we'll actually do the uh, Monday morning quarterback show from Lincoln, Nebraska, because the Illini will be playing in Nebraska that night. So that's kind of what's ahead here on Penny for Your Thoughts, the uh, meetings in Washington, D.C., the articles on the Fire and Fury book. The reviews of that are out. We'll get into some of that. Also, the uh, local headlines, cold, but not as cold as it was in the late 1970s, and a gift for Crisis Nursery from Jimmy John. The sports headline, though, I don't know if you stayed up to watch it. I did not, partly because I just couldn't get into an all-SEC matchup. But uh, Alabama wins the national title. They were down 13 to nothing. brought in their backup quarterback for the second half. The, I think Alabama missed a field goal at the end of regulation. Georgia got a field goal in overtime. And then the great Eli Gold describes Alabama's fifth title in the last nine years on this touchdown pass. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. And for Coach Nick Saban, a career sixth national championship, a number matched only by the legendary Paul Bear Bryant. Alabama is back as the champion of college football. How about that? Eli Gold. Boy, he's pretty good, isn't he? Does Alabama football. He does a lot of NASCAR, but he calls the national title play, touchdown pass in overtime for the Alabama Crimson Tide last night. So that 
news in sports. That's really one of the uh, big stories. Some leftover news from a couple of nights ago was the Oprah Winfrey speech. That continues to uh, make waves and cause ripples. You may have heard some of that on CBS News at the top of the hour. Uh, I did see a good portion of the Golden Globes, which is something I normally don't do. But in this case, uh, my wife and I were watching it, and uh, as we were watching it, a lot of the um, people that were involved in that, of course, Seth Meyers was hosting it, and uh, the, the women all were wearing black dresses, of course, uh, with the whole sexual harassment story that has been ongoing from Hollywood. So uh, at the end, uh, Cecil DeMille, the award for um, career achievements in media and TV and movies and so forth, to Oprah Winfrey, who certainly has, had a fabulous career, and she gave a very passionate speech. Uh, about uh, sexual harassment and discrimination. It was a very good speech. I mean, she did a really good job delivering it. A lot of reaction to it, though, has been of the nature of, wow, it sounded like a a candidate running for president. So there's been some uh, ripple effect from that over the last couple of days. Don't know what you think about that, but it was, I guess, only in Hollywood could you give a speech like that, and then they're going to say you're going to run for president. But I guess that's what happens. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. 356-9397. Email us, talk at WDWS.com. Text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. We're at 916 here on Penny for your thoughts. Some of the review of the Fire and Fury uh, book on the Trump White House. Don't know if you've checked out the book yet, if you've uh, read it online, if you've read excerpts, if you've actually bought the book. Uh, did you help with the uh, big sales numbers? Uh, it says the New York Times, in their uh, book review about it, says uh, Wolf is a New Yorker in Washington, far more consumed with the news media and personalities than policy issues. He uh, fudges specifics, dispenses with professional norms in the service of success and status. And he says, while affecting a contempt for the mainstream press, he cannot help dropping the mask to reveal the double game he's playing. Talking about Michael Wolf. Uh, Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House has delivered an altogether fitting, if ultimately unsatisfying, book in the first chaotic nine months of President Trump. Uh, they called another media-obsessed Manhattanite. And uh, he goes on to say the duo there of the author and the president are a match made in heaven or perhaps due south. And says it's detonated a few political books, uh, as few political books ever have, gripping a uh, president's attention for days reigniting questions about his mental stability, prompting the excommunication of Stephen Bannon, his former strategist. Uh, he says, but while the accounts can be sublime in the book, this is the book review from the New York Times, it says at least to a scoop-hungry reporter they can also leave one unsatisfied. And it says Wolf addresses the inherent challenge of reporting on this White House in an author's note at the introduction, explaining that recollections of sources can collide with one another and in some cases can be untrue entirely says, those conflicts and the looseness with the truth, if not with reality itself, are the elemental threat of the book. And to confront that problem, in the introduction, Wolf notes there are times he lets the players offer their versions in turn, allowing the reader to judge them. And uh, Wolf in the book, unsparing in his portrayal of the president uh, as chief executive, he uh, summons withering on-the-record assessments from ostensible allies, uh, one former deputy chief of staff said, if uh, you tell the president the whales need to be saved, he's basically for it. Yet much of Wolf's sourcing is opaque. He goes, I've made up stuff forever. They always print it. But Wolf, uh, seemingly unintended irony with that, does not make clear where he harvested such an explosive line. And the review from the New York Times now, this is their review of the book. He says, Wolf is also slippery about whether he was present for some of the conversation 
he relays or merely offering a version of events from those who were. He opens the book, for example, with an engrossing dinner conversation included uh, Steve Bannon and Roger Ailes shortly before the inauguration, offering sentence after sentence of verbatim quotes. He writes the dinner was held in a Greenwich Village townhouse, but he leaves out it was his home and he was the evening's host. So those are just some of the things that also mentioned that uh, Mike Pence, the vice president, basically airbrushed out of the book, they say, which is puzzling, given how influential he was in tapping cabinet officials and staff. And he says there's the sloppiness in the book. The former representative Dick Armey was never the House Speaker. The Washington lobbyist, he spelled her name wrong. Uh, mentioned somebody who breakfast at the Four Seasons uh, was not the right person, was not the right reporter. So anyway, there was all kinds of... Um, things that they mention in their review of the book. In the newspaper business, such stories would be deemed too good to check, but given the popularity of Fire and Fury, Wolf might call them something else. He called them liberal catnip. That was by uh, Jonathan Martin, who reviewed the book. All right, got a text from Bill. He says, Oprah Winfrey is just another loudmouth hypocrite. What did Oprah ever do for women and women's rights and sexual harassment besides being best buddies with Harvey Weinstein? That was some of the criticism she has taken there. We're at 920 here on DWS, 32 degrees. Any comments on all of that? The book review? Have you seen the book? Have you read it? What do you think? Are you interested in it? Is it just liberal catnip? That, that's an interesting term, but that's uh, what the reviewer called it. Let's go to the phones. Bobby gets us started here on a Tuesday. Hi, Bobby. Hey, how you doing, Brian? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Hey, man. Uh I'd like to speak about Trump. All right. Okay. They, did, they didn't contact you about the book, did they? Uh, I wish they had a, <laughs> I'd be glad to read it. But anyway, I think the, the Republicans are making a big mistake of supporting Trump. The simple reason why is that, uh, that uh, he's low in the polls. So you, so you think they'll pay a political price, is what you're saying? Exactly what I'm saying. They're yeah. going to pay a political price because the man is nuts. Everybody knows he's nuts. <laughs> and, he's, he's, and now he's the president of the United States. Well, you're, and, you're... The, and, and I believe the Republicans are going to lose the House and the Senate just for just the sake of standing up for Trump. Trump, I mean. Yeah, well, there's a lot of Republicans that don't like him either. But they still make the mistake of supporting him. That's all I have to say. That's it. All right. Hey, Bobby, great to hear from you, okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. 356-9397. Textus, uh, excuse me, taxes. I'm thinking taxes here after the first of the year. <laughs> Textus on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Somebody texts in and says, no way, Oprah, come on, and Martha Stewart for vice president. There we go. <laughs> there were some other names that came up, too, as uh, potential uh, presidential candidates. You might get a chuckle out of those, too. But, hey, who would have predicted Donald Trump, right, as president? Let's go back to the phones, and Jim is with us on Penny on an open line. Hi, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I wanted to congratulate you for taking Penny. Uh, it's great to hear your voice on a regular basis. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I, I just have two quick thoughts. Um, 
I've been a writer and a journalist and an author most of my life. And as I look on the reaction to Fire and Fury, it just occurs to me that in any book, uh, especially a book that's this incendiary, people are going to tear it apart. They're going to look for things that go through it page by page and, and look for facts that they can refute. And, of course, the White House is going out of its mind to try and, and tell us how horrible this book is and how erroneous it is. But I'm thinking if any part of the book is true, if anything in that book is accurate from what we've heard so far, shouldn't we be concerned? Shouldn't that be? Shouldn't we all be worried? Shouldn't we all have? You know, you got to believe it can't all be fictitious. And if any part of it's true, as as uh, an American, I'm kind of worried. Yeah, I think there's some. You know, obviously, when you talk to that many people inside a White House, it's like anywhere else. Uh, you go inside a business, you're going to get varying opinions on the boss. You know, I like the boss. I don't like the boss. I think he's crazy. I think he does this. I think he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know if, you know, how accurate is all of that, or is that just, here's a gathering of the opinions, and what do you think? Yeah, I mean, and it, I've worked on books before. In fact, I'm just finishing a book now. And when you talk to a variety of people, a number of people about a single topic or a single event, you're going to get different perspectives, you're going to get different viewpoints. And as the writer, what you have to do is kind of sift through all that and decide which of the narratives you heard is either most accurate or how you can combine two or three to, to get to the truth. Any journalist worth his salt is only trying to get to the truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the truth comes in various forms. If you ask three people the same question, you get three different answers. And which of those answers is most accurate, you as a writer never know for sure. Yeah. Do you think Michael Wolf was looking for facts or just looking to make, write a book and make some money? I think he was looking to make some money, quite frankly. Yeah. But and and uh, what a great topic to, to to deal with. But but you know, everybody knows or should know that our president, for for all the good he may or may not do, is not the most stable guy we've ever had uh, in the Oval Office. And um, the fact that he responds so quickly and vehemently that he, you know, I, I see him up all night with cheeseburgers tweeting through the night and uh, about anything that comes to mind. Uh, this worries me, yeah. and, and and his supporters seem to just think, well, that's just Donald being Donald. Uh, but you know, I don't want to cheese off the guy who's got uh, his finger on a nuclear bomb halfway around the world and wants to destroy us. Calling him like you know, little fat guy is that's the way to go. I mean, I I don't tend to insult people who could hurt me. But you know, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, what, that's, what do I know? There's a whole other part of that. But you know, the question is, can he really hurt us, or is he just bluster? You know, as far as North Korea, but. You're right. The back and forth probably not helpful right, in that right. regard. You, but you, you keep poking the bear often enough, the bear's going to react, and, <laughs> and that's what worries me. And yeah. and just quickly, uh, as Oprah said, she wasn't thinking about running for the White House, but she thought she wasn't qualified, didn't have the experience. But now she's thinking, hey, look what we got. Maybe this is you know, I, if she ran, I would not be surprised. Well, I wouldn't either at this point. Yeah. Thanks for your call, Jim. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a great day. 356-9397. Uh, you can join us on the phones. Texas Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Let's go back to the phones here. And Bill is next. Hi, Bill. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Hmm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of opposite your last uh, caller. I could care less if the whole book was true. I'm looking at results. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Tax yeah. cuts. Uh, roaring economy, ISIS is being hammered. I don't care. I mean, he can text all he wants. He's a New Yorker. They don't lie down and just take it. It's just his nature. But I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, this is all 
with the narrative that Trump, Trump's unstable. And even had some people suggest that, well, he should, uh, you know, he should be examined or whatever. And they said, you know, you can actually, the government can step in and do that, people in the government, uh, even without a person's permission. And Alan Dershowitz, uh, he's liberal. He wasn't a Trump fan at all. He said that's how they do things in Cuba and the Soviet Union. Uh, the government, you know, we want to take a look at your mental stability, and then you're never heard from again. So he says that's, that's not how the United States operates. So. Yeah. Well, and there were a lot of people defending, you know, all the, the things that happened in the Clinton White House. A lot of people defended that and saying, hey, you know, he's getting the job done. So, you know, right. With, uh, who, who cares what he does in the White House? If an author was in the uh, White House during the Lewinsky scandal, what would that book have been like? But we were told uh, sex doesn't matter. So back then it didn't matter at all, and now it's the biggest thing in the world. You know, and nobody wants people to be sexually harassed or sexually abused. Right. But then again, women um, women aren't all pure. I mean, some of them, you know, there's stories out that women are being paid and offered money to make allegations now, and that's that's a serious problem. Yeah, it gets I'm it gets hard to separate the fic from the you know fact right. from the fiction. I guess a lot of times. So right. I mean, I'm not saying uh, all in the line or anything like that, but mm-hmm. some do. All right. Hey, thanks for the call, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate it. And let's see here. Who do we have next? Uh, Greg is up here at nine twenty eight. Hi, Greg. Hi. Uh, how you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I just want to make a point about uh, people, you know, running around saying Trump shouldn't antagonize Kim Jong-un and, you know, because Kim's crazy, you know, and he might might push the button and nuke us. But yet they're saying that Trump is crazy, but yet they're antagonizing him nonstop 24-7. So if they're really scared that he was crazy, I don't think they'd be antagonizing him every day nonstop like they do. Not only that, but this book that came out, you know, there were a few books that came out while Obama was president, and the media gave these books basically no coverage and no credibility. But yet all of a sudden this book comes out and people are like, well, if even one little part in this book is true, we should be concerned. Yeah, well, the books about Obama were about drugs and all kinds of nasty stuff. So um, maybe we should have been concerned about that. You're talking about anyway, you talking about drugs all. in Mexico and the whole gun running thing and all of that. Is that what you're talking about? Well, no, I'm I'm talking about when he the the allegations from when he was a senator in oh. Chicago and the fact that three people that he hung out with ended up dead before he became president. Uh, I'm talking about those allegations uh, that okay. really never seen the light of day. Yeah. So. Uh, our, our national media has done a good job of covering up for the people that they're in favor for. So that's that's all i got to say today. Right. Hey, Greg, thanks for your thoughts. Appreciate it. And we're at 930. Got some text in. We'll get to those. And we'll come back with more Penny for your thoughts. Just another half hour to go. Open line here in this uh, first hour today on The Money at 10, Michael Kaiser News Headlines next on DWS. We are back on Penny for your thoughts. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phones. Had a lot of good calls early today. You can uh, text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line 
3515357. Jerry in Urbana says, since fire and fury is said to be very inaccurate by many, including the New York Times, why waste time by having it as a topic today? It's obviously a hack job to just sell books with little regard for accuracy. The last caller wondered if some could be true. The problem is, much is not. So why should the public believe any of it? That is from Jerry in Urbana. I'll tell you this, that A, there are a lot of people talking about it, but B, and they've sold a lot of books, but I think if you're not a Trump fan and uh, you watch a lot of MSNBC or whatever and you think the guy is completely crazy and off the deep end, you're going to believe everything in the book. That's why they called it liberal catnip. I mean, as you're going to roll around in it, you're going to say, hey, it's, it's exactly what I think. If you're someone who supports Trump and you feel like, well, yeah, he's a little out there and he does some, you know, some things I don't like, but, hey, he's getting the results that I voted for, if that, you're in that camp, then you're going to say, hey, you know, the guy's obviously trying to sell books. And, yeah, I think, you know, there's probably some back and forth in the White House and there's people, you know, kind of backstabbing each other. And uh, there's always that in every White House. Trust, trust me, I've read a lot of books on the White Houses over the years. There is always a scramble for position and who's got the office next to the president and who's the most powerful and who's got the president's here. And this White House is different, unique, in the sense it's basically run by a businessman who a lot of times is his own boss and has been forever. And it's just different. So it's probably going to fit in uh, what you think it is, what you think of the president, is how you're going to view the book. And this from uh, C.J., he says, give the liberals credit. They never quit, and they stick together. A good lesson for conservatives. Let's go back to the phones here this morning, and this is Jim. Hey, Jim, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Brian. Hey, I just want to say, also, you're doing a great job, so well, that. Thank you. I appreciate that. You bet. Hey, I just wanted to point out, you know, everyone said uh, Trump would never be a good president because he's not a Washington insider. He has no political experience. He's just a business guy who's made a lot of money uh, and gets most of his name recognition through television. But, hey, wouldn't Oprah be perfect? For the same reason, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> she... The the left is just so deep. It's well... Just... They don't even stop to think about what they're saying. And, and the interesting thing is, I don't think Trump was known as a conservative all those years, right? Well, I mean, no, on social uh, issues and otherwise. Right, right. Plus, the, the biggest argument against Trump holds true for Oprah. Even all things being, you know, saying nothing about either of them. It's just the argument itself. Well, it doesn't hold water. That, you know, he, he, he is not an insider. He doesn't know Washington. But it's exactly the same circumstances for Oprah, and I don't see any of the late-night guys going on about that. Well, you can tell. You can all go all the way back to Ross Perot when he ran. There has been a desire on a lot of people over the years to get somebody from outside that inner circle in Washington, D.C., and Trump certainly broke the mold. So if he can do it, Oprah could do it, I would think. And she's been very successful. I mean, she's she's been even more on television over the years than Donald Trump was. Oh, certainly, certainly. But that was that was the big argument against Trump. Yep. Well, remember, so we'll see. <laughs> what do I know? I was a Ross Perot guy, like then, until the Martians came along and kidnapped his daughter. I thought that was going pretty good. But, oh well. <laughs> now, now, say that again. Who did <laughs> what? Until the, until the Martians kidnapped. Didn't aliens kidnap his daughter for a wedding or something like that? Oh, okay. National Enquirer stuff. Yeah. Okay. Something completely off the wall with yeah. Perot, but yeah. All right. 
All right. Hey, well, thanks. Thanks for nice talking to you. Let's Thank you, Jim. I, pre- I appreciate your call today. Let me tell you about a new uh, sponsor here, the Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop. They're at 2007A South Neal Street. That's the north end of the Carriage Center in Champaign, next to Scotty's Brewhouse. Now, let me tell you, you can get a mattress a lot of places, a lot of great places to get mattresses. But if you want to take a step up in quality and style when it comes to getting the sleep you need, and again, doctors tell us all the time, man, get more sleep, get great sleep, well, the Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop on South Neal is the place to visit. Your mattress specialists are Christy Powell, Michael Klaus, Johnny Namoff, and Big Mike Namoff. First thing you notice, and I notice this when you walk in, the spectacular and attractive showroom. It's full of mattresses of various sizes and styles. I went in there recently with uh, my wife. Our mattress specialist was Christy. She greeted us and then began to ask some questions about our sleeping habits. For instance, do you sleep on your side? Do you sleep on your back? How do you sleep? Do you prefer a soft mattress, more firm mattress? Like a thick pillow, thin pillow, fluffy pillow? She asked you all those questions. Believe me, she knows her bedding, mattresses, pillows she knows all of that in detail and can give you information to back all of it up at snooze they have what they call the reveal and what that is is a bed you can lay down on it visually shows you where your pressure points are when you sleep and mine was in my shoulder in particular the abdomen area as well and what that does that helps the folks at snooze match you up with a perfect mattress for your height and weight and how you sleep so how many places do that? i mean how many times you've gone in and just lay down on a mattress that yeah, feels good i'll get it I mean, this actually gives you the pressure points. You've probably heard of memory foam or pillow top beds, and they have some of those. I tried out a latex bed. That was the softest bed I've ever laid on. And uh, you don't have to lay down for just a couple of minutes. You can lay there for 25, 30 minutes, kind of get a feel for the mattress. And while you're there, Christy was able to bring us some pillows to try, uh, different size pillows, just make you as comfortable as possible and give you a feel for the mattress and the pillows. They've got uh, luxury sheets. From cotton blend and tinsel to French linen that will wrap you in comfort and luxury. A lot of mattress and bed places around town and in central Illinois, but I can tell you you can take a step up in quality and luxury and find a mattress that will guarantee you years of fantastic sleep. You'll be amazed at what you find at Snooze. There simply isn't another store like it in Champaign-Urbana or in central Illinois or in the state for that matter. See the fine folks at Snooze at 2007A South Neal Street in Champaign. It's right next to Scotty's Brewhouse. Ask for Christie. Big Mike, Johnny, and Michael, your luxury mattress experts at Snooze. Pleased to have them join us on Penny for Your Thoughts as a sponsor. We're at 944 here in the morning and 35 degrees. Got the dense fog advisory until noon today. Richard joins us here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Richard, how are you? Well, I'm fine, Brian. And uh, listening to the show, I know you've told others that you're fine, so I'm not going to ask you, but... uh... I want to uh, express my appreciation for you being on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts now. I, I wasn't a longtime listener of Penny. In fact, I was introduced to Rush in late 90s, and uh, so I'd turn the radio on early at times so I wouldn't miss the start of it, and I'd, I'd hear comments. And so I started calling in fairly often. Ed, Ed, Ed will tell you, yeah, Richard from Tuscola is a fairly frequent caller. But uh, one thing I was hoping to open up into the uh, – into the program, um, there are two things that we're told we shouldn't uh, discuss at family uh, get-togethers, and that's uh, politics and religion. Well, <clears throat> there's certainly no uh, lack of political chatter on this uh, station and on this show, and uh, there are times when I would like to introduce uh, religious topics, but I felt 
uh, under the uh, previous uh, leadership of Penny that that probably wasn't the wisest thing to to try to do. And I I thought maybe I'll ask Brian about it, see what he has to say. And uh, one topic that that bothers me that I, I would like more uh, accurate teaching on is the controversy between uh, proponents of the Big Bang Theory and those who are pure creationists and yeah. six days of creation. Yeah, the, I'll yeah, let you get a word in there. Oh, okay, here. no, that's that's okay. No, there's that. Uh, that was especially when I was in school in grade school. That of course was uh, a lot of back and forth. You know, how did the world get started? Uh, you know, was it a literal six days? Did every day represent? you know, a thousand years or a hundred years. I mean, what was it and how did all of that come together? And uh, that obviously has been the uh, battle back and forth, which one is accurate. I I don't know if there's one exact answer. You know, I I think growing up, I probably thought, hey, you know, it had to be literal six days. But then again, you know, there's a lot of fossils that have been, you know, buried for years and years. I, I don't know if the amount of time it took really matters. In my mind. Well, that's, uh, that's what my ex-wife says. Uh, I'm focusing on something. And I, I've told her that my view is that there are many millennials to whom the idea of a six-day uh, creation uh, model is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I agonized, literally. I kept thinking for years, well, you know, um, we do have these constants in the universe, the speed of light, and how did all of this light from, you know, several, uh, you know, trillion miles, billions of light years get to us, uh, and and it bothered me because uh, my view of God is that there's no shadow of turning, which to me says there's no sleight of hand with him. He's, he's willing to be open. And I read a book by a, a very uh, renowned astrophysicist by the name of Gerald Schroeder, and in fact, he is a Jew. Um, his book, uh, Genesis and uh, the Big Bang, uh, opened my eyes and brought me to the conclusion that uh, the Big Bang Theory says that uh, probably the, the starting material of the Big Bang was light. And I read the third verse in the, in the book of Genesis, says, God said, let there be light, and my eyes were opened. And I, I, I just, I like to be able to discuss it with people because I've tried to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, one on one, and they no, no, it's six says six days. So yeah. anyway, like well, I said, it, uh, maybe we could open this up to oh, yeah. uh, other topics. Oh sure, at some point, yeah, along the way. I um, I, I don't think it's so much uh, how it was how it happened, but who you know who created it. You know, or did it just you know come out of nothing, or did someone have their hand in it? I just happen to think that you know. The way the intricacy of the universe and the human body, I just think there's a creator there that started it. You know, I mean, the way the yeah, way it's designed, I don't know how else you explain it, but that's just my uh, my view on it. But well, after reading the book, I I, I had an even uh, greater appreciation for the intellect of God, uh, the idea that He could take photons of light and compress them and make material, subatomic uh, matter, and then atomic matter, molecules, and then elements, and you just, you just, you go, wow, yep, it's what, hard, it's, what an intellect. It's, it's hard to grasp. Hey, Richard, i got to move, but thank hey, you for your input thank today. You. Thank you, Brian. You Bye-bye. bet. We'll take a break. Back with more calls, texts, all of that straight ahead on Penny. 
And we're back, Penny, for your thoughts here on DWS. I got a text in, says, Brian, all we heard for years before Obama says it was the norm. It was the economy, stupid. And right now the economy is definitely starting to take off and do well. There was some sustained growth all the years uh, through the Obama years. It wasn't a big amount, but it was uh, growth. But in the last, uh, I guess, two or three quarters, it's been closer to or at 3% growth here uh, under Trump so far. If you want to give Obama credit for that, people will. If you say, well, it's the Trump tax plan and all the anticipation of a tax break tax plan, uh, that might be it, too. All right, let's go back to the phones here, and let's see who's next. Janice, how are you? Hi, good morning. Good morning. I'm, I just wanted to share one thing that um, someone told me uh, in response to what your previous caller talked about. Um, I attended Catholic schools until eighth grade, and I remember clearly asking one of my nuns, who I think was my science teacher, you know, I, that I had heard about that, you know, the world wasn't created in six days and all that. And her response, I thought, was so simple for me to understand at that age, and that is she asked me, uh, you know, what do you think a day is? Well, my response was 24 hours. And she said, well, what else is it? And what she was getting at is that it was a word. It was a, a term for describing amount of time, and it could be 24 hours or it could be a much longer period of time. And that's sort of stuck with me uh, since then. Um, I think that science can easily coexist uh, with uh, religion and just a thought there. Yeah, uh, no, that's so that's a good you. one. That's kind of what I learned, too. I mean, I, you know, is it, mm-hmm. you know, is it 24 hours or is it a time period that yeah. all of that took place? Um, you know, because when uh, Genesis was written what, by Moses, he wrote the, the Pentateuch, first of, what, five books of the Bible, and uh, referred to it as a day or a time period. And that's that's kind of what I was taught, too. Yeah. So, so it, it's easy to coexist. And thank you very much for bringing up the topic uh, for the listener that called previously. All right. Thanks, Janice. Thanks. Bye. Good to hear from you. All right. And let's see here. Do I need a break, Ed? Let's do that, and we'll get Stan in at the very end. We'll do that next here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Back on Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad you're with us here on a Tuesday, just an hour today. We've got a couple of minutes left here. Stan slides in here at the very end. Hi, Stan. Hey, good morning. Let me be as quick as I can. Yes. Uh, if you want to go back to uh, 2009 and look at the uh, growth of the uh, stock market in 2009 versus 2017, the Obama growth in the stock market as a percentage is much higher than it was under, under uh, Trump. If you want to go back to the last quarter of 2009 versus the last quarter of 2017, the uh, GDP growth rate was almost identical then as it is now. If you want to look at uh, Republicans versus Democrats, 2009, the Republicans were whining and complaining because $800 billion of additional uh, debt was being put on the United States, and now they're cheering because $1.5 trillion of additional debt is being put on the United States. If you look at this tax cut, uh, the only thing you have to look at to know that it's a transfer of wealth from the poor people to the wealthy people is the fact that the bottom tax rate went from 10% to 10%. It stayed the same. The top tax rate went from 39.6% uh, to 37%. So they're transferring wealth from poor people to wealthy people. 
If you look at the children's uh, 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 tax credit. Got about 30 uh, seconds, Stan. Go ahead. If, if you have more than three kids, that doesn't, it doesn't help you a bit, the increase, because they take away the $4,000 individual deduction. I'm talking about the, uh, not the children's tax credit right now, but the, the increase in individual uh, exemption. Mm-hmm. Because you only get two of those. You only get the number of people that are filing. You don't get that $4,000 anymore for, per child. So if you have more than three children, you lose money. You pay more in taxes. All right. Uh, I could go on. You're out of time. Yep. Thank you, Stan. Good to hear from you. Yes, we are out of time. Make sure you visit the Beef House. My friends over there, Bob and Bonnie Wright, I-74, Covington, Indiana. Wide range of menu items. Great uh, atmosphere to enjoy a great meal. The Beef House in Covington, Indiana. Talk to you tomorrow with Tom Bruno on Penny on the Money Next, WDWS.